0: Happy Thursday, Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and the email Pete at show.com And uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender as well, where I've apparently angered some people by pointing out the data regarding teacher pay in this state. Um which is weird because the legislature is not even in session right now. They're not even doing a budget. It's just never ending. Anyway, um, no, we're not going to get into that today. Got a whole bunch of other things to get to. I want to start with gun violence and crime because uh, we have now uh, in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, we have surpassed last year's homicide count. Yeah, we, have, uh, we've, we've, it's the, we still have a whole month. We have a whole month left of murdering, and we have already surpassed the 2021 total. That was 98 homicide victims in Charlotte, and uh, now we are at 101. WBTV reports, quote, with a string of four homicides in five days, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg County area has now surpassed its 2021 homicide mark. A spokesman for the CMPD reported to WBTV that there were 87 homicide victims at this point in 2021. So, okay, so until this point, so like in the first 11 months of last year, there were 87 homicides, but there were another 11 that occurred in um in December. So if we keep up with that pace, not that we should strive to do so, but if If that pace continues, we're going to be eh, somewhere around 112 homicide victims. Which is like, it's about 10 people murdered in Charlotte per month. It's about one every three days. And that's not even counting the people that are victimized, that are shot, but survive. Oh, in a related story, hang on, I wasn't even going to get to this, but I did see this, uh, that... The, uh, yeah, the city manager got a big pay raise as the murder rate climbs. Yeah, city manager, uh, Marcus Jones, he took the job in 2016. According to the Charlotte Observer report, he is now going to be paid $434,551 per year. That is a 14% raise. City manager, Marcus Jones... Is the city's first black manager? And remember, we always capitalize the word black in the media as a sign of. Well, I'm not sure what it's a sign of. Superiority, I guess, because we don't capitalize white. We capitalize black in the journalisming, and uh, and Hispanic and and Latino uh, and Asian, I believe as well. Um, so basically, just it's a way to it's a way to make up for I think. Well, I was going to say slavery, but Hispanics, I guess, for, you know, for, for previously, uh, uh, un, or historically marginalized groups, uh, we now capitalize, uh, that group name in print in media and see it's, and then we're all good. It's, it's, we're even, that's, I think how that works. Um, the raise was approved. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me, let me back up. Uh, he was, uh, hired and, uh, he's the first black manager there. He earns about $380,000 a year or, at an hourly rate, $182 per hour, which is like radio producer money, as I understand that. The raise was approved in an 8-3 to three vote. Council members LaWanna Mayfield, Renee Johnson, and Braxton Winston voted against the raise. Mayfield said a salary of nearly half a million dollars is impractical for government work in a city the size of Charlotte. She said, I think council is showing a level of being tone deaf to the issues we have. Jones's raise puts him closer to Mecklenburg County Manager Dina DiOrio's annual base salary. That's $398,000 and change. And she got a 5% pay raise in September. So the observer looked at city manager pay across the state in some of the big cities And it's not even close. It's not even close. Our city manager is now making 435K. The next closest one is Greensboro at 280. At 280, almost half. Raleigh, 275. Durham, 255. And Winston-Salem. Well, I mean, it's Winston-Salem, though. No, I kid Winston-Salem. That's at 212 A quarter of a million dollars to run, but no, we have to pay half a million. I heard on the news yesterday, think about it, our city manager makes more than the president of the United States of America. Does that seem logical? Well, yes, I guess it would, given how well the city is being run, Right. The raise matches the 8% salary hikes that hourly employees received when the city did its budget. All hourly, salaried, and public safety workers received a 2% salary bonus, and salaried employees who don't work in public safety got a 4% merit pool raise. So uh, everybody, everybody got pay raises, and the city manager, he got a really big one, 14%. Now, as I understand it right, this is because he didn't get the raise last year. Like all the, everything was frozen, right? All of the pay was frozen, which only happened in, I think, government employment, right? Private sector employees during the pandemic, nothing happened to us. Nothing happened. We all, we were getting pay raise after pay raise during the pandemic. Yeah, I remember those days. I was like, man, it must really stink to be a government employee right now, you know, because we're just getting all the pay raises and they're getting none. Four hundred thirty, four hundred thirty-five thousand $435,000. To run the city of Charlotte, where the homicide rate now, or not the rate, but the, 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 the number, has now eclipsed last year's number. Now, is that the city manager's fault? No, not specifically, but he is the city manager, and this is a council manager form of government in North Carolina. The mayors are very weak, so the council and the manager like buck stops with you guys. Talk All right, so Charlotte right now has more homicides than it did in all of last year. We're at 101 victims. We had a total of 98 last year, but we still have one more month to go here in 2022. Uh, BTV, WBTV has the story here with a statement from uh, District 3 City Council Member Victoria Watlington. Because three of the four homicides over the last five days were in or near her district. She says, quote, the issue of gun violence is one that exists all across our nation. Collectively we are tired. We know the answers to this issue. Oh. Oh, hang on a second. Wait a minute. I Okay, hang on. Let me highlight this part. Right there. Okay. Because like this is the answer. We know, okay, we know the answer, she says. Here we go. Better federal and state gun control. Oh. Okay. Uh, Number two, spiritual and mental health and conflict management services. More resources and support for our criminal justice system. From law enforcement officers to district uh, district attorneys to rehabilitation and reentry programs and career pathways for our youth. The moment a trigger is pulled is the culmination of so many others. And every parent, every administrator, every neighbor, every official has to be part of the solution. We must reinvest in the fabric of our community, our neighborhood. At the city, we continue to invest in housing, workforce development, neighborhood capacity building, and youth employment opportunities. We need every member of this community to take part, and it starts with knowing your neighbors. I do agree with that. Um, There is no substitute for true community because uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay, and then there's a political slogan. All right, what's not mentioned here, although she gets kind of close to it, is purpose. Purpose purpose people who engage in criminal activity that is by the way you know celebrated at a cultural societal level and it is right criminality is celebrated more so now than any other time i recall but you also have a a lack of purpose especially among young men and when you don't have a purpose then literally life does not have any meaning Right? And when your life doesn't have any meaning, then you don't view other people's lives as having meaning. You know who um, Dinesh D'Souza is, right? The filmmaker. He went to jail a couple years back because he got, uh, he was bundling campaign donations. He took a bunch of people's money and bundled them, and then he was whatever. It, doesn't, it was campaign finance. It was a white collar crime. And he didn't do very long in, in prison, but I think it was like a year or something or or maybe less. I don't recall. It's not important, but I remember seeing him do an interview after he got out of jail and uh, he talked about what his fellow inmates talked about and the things that they talked about all the time, virtually nothing else. It was about money, power, and sex that was all they talked about money power and sex that and if that's i mean and that they didn't learn that in jail right they learned that in the society i would submit those things do not give you purpose right people people who are motivated to make money yes i mean i understand like that gives them a purpose and they use it as a scorecard kind of a thing but you, you know, usually you become very wealthy because you are providing some, si- uh, some sort of a service. That's usually how that happens. But if you have no purpose, then your life doesn't have meaning. And if your life has no meaning, other people's lives have no meaning. And so you don't think twice, really, about taking somebody's life because it's all meaningless. So how do you, as a civic leader, as a city council member, for example, Victoria Watlington, how, how does a city manager how do you instill in people that their lives have purpose what do you say to them what what, right what is the meaning of life i'm not asking the city council members and city officials to solve that uh that riddle for everybody but i do think it's much much harder to make that case for anything for any purpose When we are absorbed, we are absorbed by self, right? I think it becomes way more difficult to make that kind of case, to talk to somebody, to to talk to a, a troubled youth, someone who's on the wrong path. And so I applaud Council Member Watlington for mentioning, albeit only once, but spiritual health. Because that taps into something else that I know like this is, oh, I don't want to talk about because this is religion and we've been sort of cowed into avoiding these topics. But um, if you're not trying to fill that spiritual void for these young kids and giving them some sort of purpose and meaning to their lives, this doesn't get better. How does it get better? All right, meanwhile, down across the border, South Carolina, four teenagers now charged with murder after they allegedly plotted the shooting death of a Rock Hill man. Police say the teens reportedly concocted the plan because they were upset at being disciplined related to Instagram use. I don't understand four teenagers... So the victim, Larry Ingram Jr., 38, took away computers used by the teenagers because of a dispute over the way they were using Instagram before he was killed on November 14th, according to the Rock Hill Herald newspaper. Um, I'm unclear on what their relationship to the victim was. Are these foster kids? Are these his kids? But they don't say that. They're not... Right? They're not linking, or I should say, they're not naming the, the the four teenagers. And I don't know if that's because of their ages or what. But he took away their computers, and so they plotted his execution. Experts say, now this is a story at the Charlotte Observer by Evan Moore. Experts say excessive social media use in teens can lead to violent behavior. Hmm, interesting. It seems like, anybody else get this feeling, or is it just me? But it seems like we are all part of a, a massive experiment, psychological, physiological experiment, that is rewiring our brains in ways that we don't understand. Is that just me? Anybody else get that feeling? Yeah. A survey conducted by the Royal Society for Public Health found that of the five most popular social media platforms that teenagers use, the gram has the most detrimental effect on young people's mental health. I have covered this in connection with uh, gender dysphoria, particularly the rapid onset gender dysphoria that we've seen spiking across America in, uh, uh, in the last uh, few years. Instagram is linked to high levels of anxiety, depression, and bullying. Other studies showed untreated mental health issues in teenagers can lead to a heightened risk of violent behavior. Depression and anxiety in young people can cause increased impulsivity, hostility, and poor self-regulation, according to a study published in the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. So, I find this, first off, let me say, because I forgot to mention this earlier, kudos to the reporter Evan Moore, who went into this uh, this context as part of this story, I don't know if it was his idea or not, but he did the story and his editors, you know, cleared it. So kudos to them for making this connection because there is stuff happening with our brains, with the dopamine hits off of the likes, right? That you get the little bing bing. Oh, you have a like. Oh my goodness, uh, somebody likes me, right? And maybe this was just me also, but I recall when I was younger, in my teenage years, peer pressure was kind of, it was kind of strong back in the day. I mean, maybe, well, but maybe it's like vote fraud. Maybe that's, right, maybe it's like vote fraud where it used to happen, but now it never happens anymore. So maybe peer pressure is like vote fraud, like that. And so now it doesn't happen? Of course it happens. And now you can't even, like, when you, when you walk out of the schoolhouse, the bullying doesn't stop. It just continues nonstop, incessantly. You can never turn it off. Although, you can turn it off. Which is what Larry Ingram Jr. attempted to do, apparently. And it got him killed by some psychopathic teenagers. You can't tell us, I can't post on the gram, the world needs to see my duck face. Right? Right? Removing a teenager's access to social media can result in, quote, major emotional backlash, right? It's called addiction. It's called addiction. And when people are addicted to the screens and you take them away, right, they they get moody. They get moody when you tell them to stop playing the game, too. Seriously, like. Gamers see this. I've seen this all the time where, you know, you, you play a game and then like, oh, you got to stop playing. Like, oh, but I wasn't ready to stop playing. And you oh, I'm mad. And as a teenager that lacks, you know, impulse control and has mood swings and hormones, you know, just raging in all different directions. Yes, I can see it, it, it is a feeling probably felt more acutely by teens. Dr. Beth Peters. A clinical psychologist who specializes in, teen- in teenagers and families told the New York-based Child Mind Institute that not only does it uh, can it result in emotional backlash, uh, but also a breakdown of the parent-child relationship. When phones and computers are taken away, kids tend to withdraw from their parents and look for other ways to access the Internet, like a junkie maybe, to prevent the negative effects Experts recommend that parents set limits on their children's social media usage and make time for face-to-face conversations. I spent um, the uh, Thanksgiving holiday with my brother and his wife and their four kids. And I got to tell you, it was nice not one of them had a phone. Well, I mean, my brother and his wife have phones, but none of the kids and the oldest is now, I think, 13. None of them have cell phones. It wasn't even, we played board games. Yeah, I taught them how to play Catan, which still undefeated. Anyway, I, I'm, I shouldn't brag. I mean, it is, they're, you know, they're young kids. All right, let me go over here to Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to, welcome to the program. How are you?
1: Good afternoon, Pete. I have a solution yes. for uh, one, and I know your show is all about solutions, but what we have to do is have a strong leader that's going to come forward and say, we're not going to pass children with social promotions anymore. We're going to make them learn to read at grade level, do, be able to do math. We're, we're sending kids out to fail with these teacher unions that just are killing our youth. I
0: think it's. I mean, I think the problem is in the home.
1: Well, it it starts there. If the parents are not going to be parents and they're going to send these children to Govco to be the parental things, then then the then we need to make them able to learn. And and get out there and compete and have trade schools and, and incorporate trade schools and plus uh, all types of uh, of avenues and and you know in construction and everything out and, and you need a DA in Charlotte that's going to hold
0: people accountable. Well, the, when yeah. they do make mistakes, sure. And yeah. I think that they're uh, you know. I think there is a, a, a wide delta between um, kids who murder somebody because they got uh, uh, they got their Instagram taken away, uh, and you know kids that run afoul of the law for you know petty offenses. It's their first brush with the law and that sort of thing. But if they if you if all, every single interaction they have ends up with no punishment that reinforces that there won't be punishments. But again, I like, I I still think this is more about the family unit. What I would like to have seen. And I mean, there is still opportunity for folks to do so in, in, in city leadership positions is to come out and emphasize the importance of life, having purpose, life, having meaning that there is a reason for us all being here. And we need to pursue that. But it seems like a lot of people are embarrassed to even try and talk about that, because I don't want to offend anybody who doesn't believe what I believe. But you could still talk about these things and to and to highlight them and say, this is what we uh, built our society on, these understandings, and they have value. And if we reject that and we don't talk about it, we don't instill it in the kids, then I don't see this getting better anytime soon. How could it? I don't know.
1: Well, and, and you, need, you need these preachers in these communities... And everything, and and, and you know the, the the police and everything come together and 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 speak out on exactly what you're saying, and and saying you know it's you need to have a family unit, you, you need to have a spiritual meaning, a purpose, and, and, and you know just. Uh,
0: I think the preachers think. are doing it. <clears throat> I do. I think. I, I, I mean, I assume the preachers are doing it. That's why they're preachers. I think that you got to have the you have to have the parents taking the kids to the church in the first place for them to hear that message, right? But then also, there I think if it's only being heard in the churches and nowhere else, then it's a lot easier to avoid the message. So, Ralph, I appreciate the chat, man. Thanks for calling. All right, uh, let me get over to. Uh, it sounded like Ralph was in his car there. <laughs> Talk, 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, talking about crime, the meaning of life, and the big fat raise that the city manager got here in Charlotte. (laughs) They're all connected. They're all, all the topics are connected. Betty, welcome to the show. Hello, Betty. How are you?
2: Fine, thanks.
0: Good. What's going on?
2: I was listening to you talking about Marcus Jones getting a raise, Mm -hmm. and I want to know what he's done to justify getting one.
0: This Uh, this
2: city is in the worst shape it's ever been in.
0: Well, I'm reading through the Charlotte Observer article here. It says, um, mm, mm, uh, Well, no, it just says he's the city's first black manager, and it puts him closer to the county manager's salary.
2: So, does that make does that give him the right because he's black to get a lot of money?
0: I guess so. I'm I'm just re- like just reading from the article here. There's no mention of or citation of why the manager did such a fantastic job that he. Uh, no, yeah, there's nothing. Uh, no, nothing in the piece. I, I don't see any any defense of his uh of his leadership or uh his abilities or anything. It's it's just yeah, he's well, getting a pay raise.
2: It must be one of those race things.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think that uh I think that there is def- well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh a sort of like a a, a Uh, The woke is a merit badge that you get, you know, the virtue signaling that that definitely gets to occur when you say and as is evident in the piece right in this very story, it says uh, second sentence that he's the first black manager. So, uh, you know, they 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 point this out because it's historic and, you know, yay. Well, okay, but if like is that the only qualification that you're citing here as to why he's now pulling in four hundred thirty five thousand dollars, the county manager She's making three ninety eight, so he's making like thirty thousand more than she is, thirty five k more, and that doesn't even include all of the other benefits that they get. Um,
2: well, just that's, I think they're just saying they're making an issue of him being black, and I guess that's why he got the race.
0: I don't know. They, I mean, they didn't say that, but that's there's no, that, yeah, yeah they but insinuated. there's
2: insinuated
0: right. There's nothing else in the article that would tout all of the things that he has done to right. warrant the big fat race. No, I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah,
2: Maybe they'll get so much guff they'll take it back, but I doubt it.
0: No, I doubt that. They never take it back. Betty, I appreciate yeah. the call. Thank you. Yeah, no, they never... They ne- Well, I shouldn't say never. I think... Wasn't there a county manager at one point that, that they did cut... Was that Harry Jones where they tried to claw back some of the big fat raise that he got? Or maybe that was... See, the problem is I've been covering these local governments now in so many different cities and counties over the... Course of twenty years, I, I get them mixed up sometimes. I mean, but hey, like at least the county manager, um, you know, like not not imprisoned. That was Buncombe County when I was up there in Asheville. Yeah, they sent their county manager. You guys probably didn't hear a whole lot about that though, did you? Embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars, going on trips and stuff with a bunch of other county management staff. Well, they were all Democrats, so you probably didn't hear anything about it. So that is a big deal. It's a big deal. Actually, there was a Charlotte, I think two Charlotte attorneys that represented the folks up there, Chris Fialco and Noel Tin, I believe uh, they were involved in those cases, if I recall correctly. But uh, yeah, so our city manager, more important, more responsibilities than Joe Biden doing a better job. Well, that actually might be true. Um, doing a better job than Joe Biden. Biden's only paid $400,000. Our city manager makes $35,000 more in a base salary than the president of the United States of America. Now, there are other expenses, like I don't know if he gets the $100,000 travel expense that the president gets, which is kind of weird because all of his expenses are paid for by us, right? But be that as it may, the city manager also gets perks and such, like a travel allowance, a technology allowance, and all of that stuff. 435k plus benefits. That's oh, like radio money. <laughs>